Hey, and welcome back to the 30th episode of the So Pro Cycling Show. I'm your host, Thomas, and this week we are discussing the Gateway Cup, which just wrapped up last weekend. It was over Labor Day weekend, a Friday through Monday race. So there's four races, and we're just going to discuss how they went, how the races were organized, and all that good stuff. Uh, One thing I want to mention before we get started is if you want some video content for the Gateway Cup, make sure you check out my YouTube channel, Glycogen Cycling. I vlogged every day and I also am doing some other videos so you can check out the races that way. So without further ado, hope you guys enjoy the episode. Hey, and welcome back to the SoPro Cycling Show, episode 30. Today, we're going to talk about the Gateway Cup and just give our overall thoughts of the season as the last major race of the year is over now. Uh, So the Gateway Cup, for those who don't know, it's a four-day bike race. Starts on Friday of Labor Day weekend and goes through Labor Day the Monday. And the Friday race is probably one of my favorite of the year. It's just a super open, wide square with like, I mean, the turns are four lanes wide. So you can basically turn or pedal through them at like 35 even and just, you know, drill it. I think our average speed was like 29 and a half for the two threes. Um, so it was a lot of fun. Uh, what'd you think of it? Well, I really liked it. I liked the entire, I liked both of the races that I got to do. Um, Friday was a little bit interesting because team wise, we had been instructed to essentially not do anything because as Thomas said, this course is pretty much a pancake flat four open corner run. And so if a move's going to go, it's going to go late and it's got a very low probability of success. Right. So we were told to just sit in the pack together me and my team and so that was kind of what we did so that it's a bit of like a double-edged thing you get all the squirrely action that happens when guys start to dive bomb corners late in the race but you know you do kind of get a free ride most of the time you just get to take things in yeah and enjoy it i mean on that course it's like at least the I think at least the first two days is like a perfect crit to just like sit in the back and chill until like the last 10 laps. Um, cause you really like, you're not really breaking through the, the turns or anything and it's, you know, super smooth, but yeah, on this course, it's just so fast, like coming down the front stretch every time it was a sl- very slight downhill, but we were hit- hitting like 35 every lap coming down there. So for a breakaway to stick, it's real hard. And you have to be, they have to be like super motivated, strong guys, which, which is, is funny because in the pro race, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the three guys got away like early on and just held like a 20 second gap the whole time, which I don't know how. Well, I mean, I guess Thomas Rivard is a beast. Griffin Easter and then a Ty Magner. Yeah. So, like, so just like a perfect... If there were three guys you don't want to get away, those yeah. would have probably been like the three. The I would say, you know, Brad Huff still sitting in the pack. Um, trying to think of like other guys who 
were sitting back there. You know, just the fact that you let the guy who won U23 crit Nats in a break get off the front, the U.S. crit national champ, and then Griffin Easter, who's like 10 different kinds of strong, all go. And then, you know, a big part of what likely happened was everyone just kind of started to stare at each other a little bit, thinking with the same mentality of this isn't a breakaway course, they'll come back. Yeah, exactly. And they they did pull it back to like 15 seconds or so, but not nothing more than that. And it was, yeah, that was crazy. But yeah, there was no like organized chase, which is why they end up sticking it. But in our race, it was a field sprint for the first three days, actually. Actually, all the days was a field sprint. Um, but yeah, moving kudos. on. What, you, what were you going to say? Uh, kudos to Noble. You know, yeah, always nice to see somebody, you know, win when it's not you. Right. So, you know, yeah, he just had a win. Yeah. He had a perfect line on the inside. I took the outside line, which I seem to always do, but all the winning move always comes from the inside, which makes sense because that's just the shorter line. line. And since those turns are so wide, I mean, that's what wins it. So, yeah, kudos to him. He killed it. He killed it all the days, pretty much. The second day, he got fifth. And then the third day, he got caught in that uh, crash, which we'll get to in a second. Um, But moving on to the second day, another wide-open course. I was feeling um, real good. And just to recap real quick, I finished ninth on the first day. I kind of lost a wheel a little bit towards the end, and you know, got boxed in, but not terrible of a finish. And I finished like 82nd because <laughs> I was sitting mid pack with four to go and I am not a bunch sprinter. So I decided to just go to the back. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, moving on to the second day, I was just chilling in this race. Like I was sitting the lower three quarters of the uh, pack the whole race and my average power by the second to last lap was like 195 it was ridiculously low and i was feeling so good and towards the it was two to go i moved off to the like the first top or the top 20 guys and there's a massive pile up which i heard from a uh, hue that it was some guy's ice sock that got caught in his drivetrain. Don't know how accurate yeah, that I is. That. I've heard that rumor too. I'm not quite sure. Cause I was in this crash too. I was just on the backside of it. One of the guys who just got because so for this race, my whole thing was told to sit for the first kind of half of it. And then I got, to, I was allowed to go have some fun. Okay. And so I was kind of just going up to the front, trying to control moves, not let anyone get a super big break because we were going to try to set somebody up to essentially bum rush the sprint before there could really be a sprint. Okay. And so, and then we were also hoping to kind of like also set up a contingency lead out behind it. Okay. Um, 
So I was I was on my way back to kind of like get in touch with everything. It was two laps to go at this point, but this course really ebbs and surges a lot. It's of course at Francis Park. Um because it's got a little bit of a drag of a hill on the front sh- front finishing stretch. But you know, as Thomas said, the rumor is like some guy's ice sock dropped into his drive train, causing a wreck on the right side of the road. I got held up in it. Uh, Thomas got held up in it. I think at the end of the day, they counted up. There was a four, 12 to 14 guys, you know, with just nowhere to go. So, yeah, a big pile up. Um, I cracked my frame and broke a shifter in that crash. So I was not getting back up from it right away. A shifter too. Oh, dude, that wreck was just gnarly. I was lucky to come out of it unscathed as a person. Yeah. You know? Well, I was I was on the outside of the course and guys were going down to my left and there was a guy right in front of me and at 30 miles an hour, you can't really stop that quickly. So I basically just like rammed into the back of this guy and luckily was able to fall in the dirt by a tree or the mulch or whatever. So like I didn't have any road rash or anything, got my bike real quick, hopped on. But at that point I'm down like 15 or or 10 or 15 seconds. So there's no catching on, but yeah, to crack your frame, dude, that sucks. Yeah, it's rough. Uh, it kind of, it's just one of those crappy things that can happen in a bike race, especially when you race a carbon bike. Yeah. You know, is what it is. Um, do I wish the dude, if it is true, had taken his ice sock out at a, better opportunity than two laps to go maybe yeah (laughs) but you know it is what it is it's part of the chaos of bike racing um yeah but moving on super cool course though was really enjoying my time out there Mm -hmm. got a little facetime on live broadcast too so that was kind of awesome yeah got a name shout out that was fun that's awesome (laughs) Thanks, USA Crits. <laughs> so after, I mean, you're basically done at this point because you don't have a bike for the next two days. Right. Um, so I was a spectator and like cheerleader <laughs> at the hill and then just kind of like around Benton Park. Nice. But yeah, the third day was kind of the same story for me. Like, I, kind of tried to stay up a little closer to the front this this race because there was, I mean, the turns are a little bit sharper. So towards the back, guys start to break and you have to use a lot more power to get back up to speed. But with going into one to go, turn four, some guy just like washes out and like, I think he was like third wheel maybe and takes out like the first 10 guys, would you say? Oh yeah, he was he was one of the first guys going through the turn. Um yeah. one of the things that I noticed when I was walking the course to make sure the team got the most advice that it could was I saw USA Crit guys sweeping the back side of the course pretty regularly. So okay. I am wondering if he washed out on some of the gravel or dust that was in that part of the course. Either that and, you know, just or yeah, either that or there was a couple manhole covers. So I don't know if he lost 
his wheel there or if he like changed his line to try to avoid it. But based on my video, I mean, you can't really tell that well, but I was kind of able to avoid it and come to a stop, but I was all tangled up with bikes and, you know, I think, you know, it sucks that you crashed, but like there's a little bit of luck because you guys were in the front and it is kind of lucky that the rest of the field sailed through instead of just like careening into the back of you guys. That is true. But yeah, like, I mean, two, two days right in the front of the race, we have crashes, which usually, I mean, that's where you want to be to avoid crashes. So it's just real unfortunate that, you know, I'm feeling good for those two days and not able to like capitalize on, you know, actually finish the race. Um, but overall I'd say this series was like, it's real well put together. Like you were, you were saying before this, like, Oh yeah, it's, it's one of the most well-run events I've ever been to. Yeah. Just incredible. Just like, just like the number of porta potties they have. So nice. Like so, so understated at, at a bike race, just like not having to wait for 10 minutes to go to the bathroom. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, they really, they really put on a good, good race. And I don't know if that's just cause of the, like making the pro race, just a P one to attract like a lot of big teams and UCI points, I think are, yeah, I think it's a UCI race too. So those are on sale essentially. Yeah. So to like, once you have the bigger teams there, I think that attracts like some of the, um, you know, the cat two threes, the cat four fives all want to go to the big race that the pros are doing. You know, I think that kind of helps a bit, but I mean, they've been successful. So, I mean, they, they've been putting on for a while, so it's real, real nice. But yeah, to wrap it up with the last day, it's the only course that's not a square and it has what? 10 turns, something like that. Uh, I'm going to count one, <laughs> two, three, four, five, a chicane six, in there. seven, eight, nine, 10. Yeah. There's a chicane in there. The front stretch is a little bit longer with a kind of a hill, which, you know, you just jam it up. I think there was a headwind up there this time this year, but I had a terrible start. I like got shot to the back real quick and it was just real hot for a couple laps. So I just like could not move up and guys in front of me were letting gaps go. So I just like had to close that and I'm pretty sure I've never actually finished this race. Um, this year was like the first time I actually like didn't get dropped here, which is good. Um, but with four to go, I followed a move and that brought me to the front of the race. And then I was kind of just being dumb and like chasing things that weren't going to stick. And I kind of just went backwards with like two to go and just it, that, that was my race. And I finished like 30th. So yeah, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that was the end of my season pretty much. Actually, no, I have one more race next weekend, my team's race, but now nah, it's cross season now. 
also like kind of still mountain bike season so that's not over but you know it's mostly just cross season now i don't know man i like road Uh, cross season (laughs) yeah i guess (laughs) Um, beer and tape man beer and tape (laughs) cross definitely has like a different vibe to it which is nice than uh than road does oh yeah but, but, you know, it is, this is about the end of the road season. I think, you know, like you were saying, a lot of the last races, I think, occur this coming weekend, which would be the 9th or the 8th and the 9th of September. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Doylestown, that, the race in Pennsylvania, I think is like the last big race, if I'm correct. Is that this weekend? I believe so, yes. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So my team ABD has a race on Sunday, so I'll be doing that. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's like just cross pretty much, which I don't know. I, I feel like the season should still go on for like another month at least. Well, I mean, for the guys who do this for a living, it does, you know, world is still in the docket. We're only part of the way through the Vuelta. Uh, yeah, the biggest races in North America this weekend, I think, are Quebec and Montreal. Okay, I think are both this weekend. So, you know, there's still stuff going on for the guys who do this at a high level, but a lot of the amateur road stuff is coming to a quick close. Yep. So as far as cross goes, what's like the first big race? When's that starting? Um, that's actually right around the corner. And I'm going to check when it is because, well, it's not a World Cup. Reno Cross, September 19th, I would say is the first big race here. Okay. Um, there have already been some UCI events. Uh, Go Cross in Virginia was this past weekend. And then you got things like Rochester coming up. But the big, big race, the first big race is going to be Reno Cross. And then in quick succession, two World Cup weekends, the 21st through the 23rd at Trek, Waterloo, Wisconsin, the Trek Cyclocross Collective Cup, and then Jingle Cross, uh, which is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, September 28th through the 30th. And I would say those are the biggest races on this side of the pond. Yeah. All right. Why does, I mean, this is a whole different episode, but just to sum it up quick, why do you think cyclocross is more popular than like crit racing in the recent years? Um, you know, I think you can also tie in the gravel craze a little yeah. bit to this point that I'm about to make it gets, I'm going to go two points. Number one gets people off the roads, which is a big like factor for a lot of people. They don't want to train in traffic. Okay. Essentially I think is a big thing. Uh, and I would also say, you know, you go down, you're still going to be able to go into work on Monday functioning gotcha. more than likely. You know, you might have a bump and bruise, but you're not going to be covered with road rash. Yeah. And it, it definitely like comes and goes with road too. Like 
Intelligentsia was like kind of sad how many people showed up. Like we had what 30 guys in our race. Um, right. And even whereas, the pro field, when you compare it to gateway was yeah. down, but these gateway races, because it's kind of a last chance corral kind of feel were huge. Yeah. So is that why they're so big is just because it's like a center hub for everyone to come in from all around the country and just like one last chance to get a result. I think so. You know, I think that plays a big role for gateway is in its draw. And, you know, it definitely used that as its catalyst to get to where it is today. Yeah. All right. But you know, the other thing I'll say, you know, cross and gravel also take off because they're more laid back atmosphere at the end of the day. That's true. And mountain biking too. Just like, yeah, they do have a more laid back atmosphere than road does. All right. Well, yeah, that was a good way to wrap up the season. I think it's always a real fun race to do. I've been doing it for a number of years. This was your first time out there, but just overall impressions. What do you think? I'd do it again. That was, you know, I I said it earlier in the podcast. That was the most well-run bike race I think I've ever been to. Yeah. It's like announcer wise too. announcers. um, The trains ran on time. Logistically, everything was set up really well. I never had an issue parking. Um, It was just so well run. And then the race courses themselves were also very impressive. The fields were awesome. It it was just a great overall atmosphere for a weekend. Yeah. So if you haven't been out to Gateway Cup, we'd recommend it for next year, 2019 edition. Um, but other than that, yeah, that's the episode 30 of the SoPro Cycling Show. Hope you guys enjoyed, and we'll see you again next week. Bye, guys. Bye.